What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know, in Atlanta, there's a lot of up-and-coming artists. You know, you, you go to any gas station, they're trying to give you their mixtape. You go to any weekend event, they have some type of talent showcase. Because, you know, it's hard to become an artist out here in these streets. But what do you do when your career is not getting as much attention as you feel like it should? If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our poets this week are Dayabai Kalidas, a.k.a. DK Chadhari. He is our victim. And then we have Sky Mims, our murderess. Sky Raven Marie Mims was born on March 6, 1993 to Yolette Noel and Mario Patterson. She had an older sister as well as an older brother. Her parents raised them to be very God-fearing, very smart. They had a really big extended family with lots of aunts and cousins, and they spent a lot of time with their family. One person in particular was her cousin, Candace Patterson. They had become very close, and they were like sisters, like they were super tight. When they became teenagers, they both got into modeling because I don't know how it happened, but most of the girls that I know, I was about to be so shady. Maybe they got scouted at the mall or Walmart or, some, or something, but they decided that they were both going to get into modeling together, and it became really their passion. Now, Sky, it really became her passion. Not only was she modeling, but she was dancing, so you can see her little pop locket videos on the internet. She was singing, and she would also write rap, so she was like, okay, you know, I think that being an entertainer is for me. Sky went to Kettering High School in Detroit, where she played forward center on her basketball team. She went to the prom, and she graduated fifth in her class in 2010. After she graduated high school, she went to Detroit Wayne State University. But after a semester, she was sick of going to classes, and she didn't want to do none of that shit no more. And you know what? Her passion and her love was with her modeling and with her singing and with her rapping, and with her pop locking on the internet. So she decided that she was going to drop out. After she dropped out, she started to focus on her modeling career more. Uh, Facebook had just become really popular, so she just made a Facebook page. She made a website. She made a YouTube. Her YouTube was called YoSky.com, S-K-Y-Y. And the description of her website, it says... There's this girl named Sky Raven Marie Mims. Unlike those around her who feel tied down to what society provides them, she finds a way to escape to her own utopia using tempos and harmonies. She is Detroit unsigned hype Yo Sky, rapper, songwriter, producer, model, artist, 
lover, and motivator. She is a living legend waiting to be discovered. Through her music, she paints you portraits with hopes to share her views on life through a positive point of view, changing the world one song at a time. A life full of pain, misfortune, and hate, she is keeping her head high on life's journey that God has paved. Yes, she is saved, and saved because she refuses to worship money and become another slave. She'd rather make a difference and bring love back out from the shade. She asked herself, what's wrong with this world? Soon you'll know more about this girl. Her story is only right for remembrance, and no, she's not different. She is the difference. In her mind, she's that girl. So on her social media platform, she would post herself dancing, pot like a She was doing like, you know, the all that stuff, doing a wave. Anyways, there's clips of her modeling at like a botanical garden. Like she had her mixtape on SoundCloud, you know, YouTube. She's had poetry. Her friends in Detroit, they actually knew her for her poetry. I could feel like Detroit is actually a very artistic area where they would have a lot more poetry slams. Because Motown, yeah, Motown Records was Detroit. And I wanted to say that. That was so like I'll, past Motown, but... But that's but that just goes to show that like that area was very artistly inclined. You know what I'm saying? Like all the big artists. I'm not sure of all the history, but I know that there's a lot of black history in Detroit. And if y'all are listening, yeah, I'm sure there is. So anyways, she was really known for her poetry. She would go to these open mic nights. They have a lot of spoken word. You know, she was a person that had a lot to say. In 2012, Sky's mental health started to become a bit of a problem for her and her family. She was becoming violent, aggressive, withdrawn, and paranoid. And she stopped taking care of herself and her hygiene. She wasn't showering, eating, and her parents and family were really starting to get worried about her. On two separate occasions, her family took her to the emergency room for a mental health evaluation, but she was never admitted to the hospital. They recommended antipsychotic meds and told her to see a therapist, but she never took the medication or went to talk to somebody. I think it's it's very hard for people to start. And then yeah, because the initial side effects are the initial side effects for any medicine is hard to get through. Like, but even even like start therapy. Yeah. Like it's it's very hard for people to start, and people can say, "Oh, you need therapy. I recommend it." And I'd be like, "Yeah." Sounds good. Probably. Putting that action behind it is very difficult for people to do. It always sounds like a good idea, but putting it into action is like, hmm. When Sky had good days, she was super focused on her music and furthering her career. She posted a lot on Facebook and always kept her eye out for ways to showcase her talent because she was going to be a star. One day while she was on Facebook, one of her sister's friends, Kyle Alexander Music Harwood, a producer living in Dalton, Georgia, which is like an hour and a half from Atlanta. This is like my halfway point. Kyle messages Sky after he hears her music and he's like, listen, girl, I want to work with you. We can put you, put you on a map. You need to leave Detroit and come to Atlanta. So at the end of December 2013, Sky had finally gotten a full mixtape together and she wanted to promote it. So she was like, you know what? I need to go see my man's cow. So she's like trying to, you know, come up with a way to get there. And she starts staking out the Detroit lottery office, right? She's like, I have got to get my hands on some of that lottery money. So she sees this guy come out. He starts up a Kia Soul and he goes back into the office. So... 
this guy, Christopher, just happened to be driving his fiance's car and asked him to run, warm up his car for him. She's like, wow, here I am trying to look for my way to Atlanta. And somebody comes and puts the keys in this car and walks away. All I had to do was just come on the land of the lottery. <laughs> and I would reap Be the benefits. I was going to win something today, Lord, and it was a car. And that's what I really needed. Thank you. Christopher, Christopher Sears is watching the car out the window like, you know, I keep an eye on it. And he sees somebody get in his car or his fiance's car and drive away. So immediately he's calling the police like, yo, somebody just stole my car, right? And in a police report, he says it was somebody that was like six feet tall. They climbed in a car and drove away. He's like, I didn't get a good look, but I'm pretty sure it was a white man with blondish brown crinkly hair, crinkly curly hair. Imagine having to go home to your fiance and be like, hey, babe. <laughs> like, what do you mean the car was stolen? Well, yeah. I went, started up and was still in the office and somebody walked up to it. And I was like, hmm, sounds pretty dumb. Why would you leave my car unattended with the keys in it? It's crazy. It's cold in Detroit. It is, but, you know, you always say I'm going to keep an eye out for men here. But, like, when it happens, what do you do? Are you going to beat them to your car? They're at your car. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, those fancy cars, I like people that have the cars that you can start it up on their keys. Mm-hmm. So I watched See, them start then he could have watched it, and they can still keep the doors locked. Like, it's... Now, Sky has her car. She's packed up the mixtapes, and she drove from Detroit to Atlanta. A few weeks after she was in Atlanta, she was just, you know, and had no place to stay. It wasn't something that she'd been saving for or anything. She just had to... A dream, a hope, and a prayer, you know? So she was struggling when she was out there living in her car and stuff. She gets in touch with Kyle, and he felt bad that she was living in a car. And he was like, well, listen, you can live in my dad's house. And then, you know, of course, she jumped on that opportunity. And a few months later, she just ended up moving in with Kyle and his girlfriend. All three of them lived there. They got along just fine. They had a good, jolly old time or whatever. They would sing. They would drink. They would rap. And Sky would always talk about winning the lottery, specifically the $500 a week for life ticket. And she would talk about how she could use that to fund her music career. I bet you could. You know what I could do with $500 a week for the rest of my life? I, I would have the freedom to do whatever I wanted else to do. Like, I know that my basic necessities would be taken care of and I can build on top of that. I mean, she wasn't too far off. I, she's not reaching. For $500 is not to live off of. That is still for you to work a job and to go about regular life. At least I would at least know that like car insurance, car things are paid for. I mean, that wasn't her car, but like um, insurance is paid for. I know that my phone bill is going to be taken care of. I know that I'm probably yeah, going to be able to make rent. And stuff. Like Tessie said, she was living there with Kyle and his girl. Don't know if she was paying rent. And Kyle was, you know, he was really musically talented as well. So he would help Sky with her writing, you know, help her with music, really teaching her the ropes. They also re- record, like, all the time. They had the mic set up. You know, niggas with their home studio, they got the mic set up. We work it all the time. Everybody knew her, that she, knew that she was very serious about her music. And Kyle, he was like, you know, this is my homegirl. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm your number one fan. He was rooting for her to win. But occasionally, he said sometimes she would act a little odd he said that one night they were out at a bar and sky like took her shirt off had her titties out ran up on stage took the mic and just started rapping 
That's that energy you need to make it out here, you know? I know, but Kyle was like, ah, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's just for me. But the crowd, of course, the crowd, he said that the crowd was feeling it. But of course, the crowd was feeling it. This bitch on stage with her titties out rapping. We love drama. <laughs> right. One night, he said that he woke up. He woke up in the bed, and Scott was in the bed with him. Like, he did, like, a whole, like, rollover. Bitch, what the fuck you doing here? And then he was like, Sky, why are you in my bed? What are you doing here? Why are you in my bed? You, you, what are you, what, what is going on? And Sky was like, you almost died in your sleep last night. He was like, what? And she kind of just left it right there. She didn't give him any further information about what she apparently knew. She got up and she just went about her day. And he, there was a different instance when Scott, she got like really, really drunk. And then she was yelling and arguing with Kyle. And when she was yelling at Kyle, she started talking in a Jamaican accent and telling him that she was going to walk to Africa. Yes, we know that Jamaican and Africa are different things, but she was in it with a Jamaican accent saying that she was going to walk to Africa. Kyle was like, Sky. I'm your number one fan. I love you, but something is going on. And she, of course, she didn't want to hear that. And she started getting worse and worse. And eventually Kyle was like, hey, girl, you got to go. You can't live here no more. So on February of 2014, Sky was out and about and she saw a flyer for the Atlanta National Talent Showcase on March 28th, 2014 at the Enclave. The showcase were auditions for the Stay Healthy Tour. They were looking for like singers, models, twins, because they think that that's really cool. Um, fashion designers. They The concert had, um, I don't know any of these people, D-Boy. Time Money Gang, Young Knowledge, 80 Carat, Eli Yabi. Yabi? Is that what that says, Tazzy? Yabi or Yabi? I don't know. Yabi? I don't know these names. Ka- Catabug? K- I'm thinking that's Catabug. Catabug? Like, like Cicada? Catabug? That's kind of a cute little country nickname. Right. Hey, Real country Catabug. rap. Yeah. I kind of like that one. Okay, Catabug, you win. And Untitled. <laughs> With a three instead of an E. So on March 6, 2014, it was Sky's 21st birthday. She went to a club in Marietta called La Buzz for Ladies Night. They played a track of her mixtape. So she was hype as fuck. And she was dancing with her friends. And the people in the club looked like they were liking the music. I mean, like, she was excited. Like, A, it's my birthday. B, you playing my song. And C, people aren't being like, what the fuck is this that you're putting on? Like, she having a good time. And... On top of that, the showcase was coming up. And she's like, okay, like, this is a good sign. People are really being receptive of my music. So that night, she bought a $1, $500 a week lottery ticket that she was like, this has been a great day. Like, I'm feeling like this is the ticket. I'm going to win. She was so excited. I mean, for some reason, I guess she had she was hanging out with Kyle. And Kyle was excited for her, too. Like, all right, you know, let's scratch off your lottery ticket. And she looked at the lottery ticket. And Kyle looked at the lottery ticket. And he was like, nah, shawty. Um, this ain't no winning lottery ticket. This one is this, this one a dud. And she got angry. I mean, she started getting pissed. She was throwing shit around. She started cussing, screaming. She was like, you know what I could do with this motherfucking money? You know what? I, I need $500 a week. Like, you don't even understand. 
And she's going about like all the things that she could do if she got just, you know, when didn't have when money wasn't an issue, you know what I'm saying? She went to Walmart on March 8th, 2014. So this is a couple of days later. And she was like, you know what? We're gonna have to just go to Walmart. We can get anything at Walmart. And while she was there, she bought a red bandana, plastic gloves, a roll of red duct tape, a fish like fillet knife, an airsoft pistol, and black spray paint. When she got home, she spray painted the airsoft pistol black because they're not black and she just wanted it to look like a real gun. Yeah, because, you know, they have like um, a neon color at the tip so you know that it's fake. But at least don't look at that. Nope. And she put the duct tape at the bottom of her shoes so she didn't have no shoe prints. Her roommates were wondering what the hell she was doing. And she was just joking and kiki with them. Oh, you know, I'm just going out. Don't worry about me, girl. You know, just going to see around the way. And she left the house. On March 9th, 2014, it was a Sunday and everybody was relaxing. Nobody was going out to party. It was just going to have a chill Sunday. And it was like 8 p.m. and Sky gets a black duffel bag from her closet. And she puts all the things that she brought from Walmart in there. The bandana, the gloves, the duct tape, the knife, the pistol, everything. So she drives to three different gas stations and each time she parks... And that stolen Kia out front goes inside and asks the clerk, excuse me, how much money you got in that register? And, um, do y'all got a safe in here? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And the code is 12573. Right this way. So they answered her. I don't know what type of answer they gave her. Like, we don't release the information or none of your business or do I need to call the cops? <laughs> like, I don't know what answer they gave her, but every time they responded, she left. She then pulls up to the Cancun High Tech Fuel Express in Dalton, Georgia. She parked the stolen Kia out front again, walks into the store wearing only a black jacket, like just a black jacket, nothing underneath. She has... The black bag, it's like a crossbody bag over her and some black pants. She goes into the gas station and then goes into the bathroom. She leaves the bathroom. This is the store clerk, DK Chadhari. So after speaking with DK, she goes outside and she waits for the customers who are in the store to leave. Then a little while later, she comes back in the store and goes to the bathroom again. This time she stayed in the bathroom for about 20, 30 minutes. She changed from the black jacket to she now has on a white hoodie and she has the hood on. It's tied tight. Aviator glasses on. It's covering most of her face. The aviator got the blue reflectors and she's got a red bandana around her mouth and nose. So like we're not seeing her. Right. She also had on white latex gloves and she had the roll of red duct tape on her wrist like a bracelet. So DK sees her, and he's like, oh, God, it's about to be some shit. He starts to get a little clammy. He walks back to the kitchen area, but before he could get there to close the door, Sky comes running back with the gun in her hand, and she pushes the door open. DK fell on the floor onto his back trying to get away. Sky punched and kicked him three times during the struggle and then stabs him twice with her little fish knife. The first stab was just a slice to the left arm, and the second one was into his left side, but it was deep. Immediately, blood begins to pour out of DK. Then she takes the duct tape that's around her wrist, and she puts it over his mouth. After she finishes doing that, she pinches his nose so that he can't breathe. 
and she thought that was enough, so she stops smothering him, and she leaves out the room. Now, while all that's going on, there are customers who are coming in and out of the store. Now, some customers waited in line. Others got their stuff and left some money on the counter. So when Skye leaves the back room, you know, after killing DK, she tells the customers to leave because they need to close the store early. Some listened, and I heard, some listened, some looked at her like she was crazy. Others were caught off guard, and some weren't listening. Most of the people left, and Sky went behind a cash register, opened it, and took out about $200. Then, when she went to the back to try and get into the safe, she was unsuccessful. I wonder why. You mean the first four codes I tried didn't work? She goes back to the front, to the lottery machine, and she takes out an entire roll of $500 a week for life tickets. She's got to hit the jackpot. I know there's a winner in here somewhere. This is all I need. I'm about and to she only takes that one. True. Like, you know how they, it's in the plastic, like when you go to the gas station. So yeah, all I'd have grabbed all the there. rolls. Right. All the options are there, but she just wanted the $500 a week one. So after she gets the tickets, she brings them back into the kitchen area at the gas station where she had, again, beaten and stabbed DK. She stuffs everything into her black duffel bag. She's, like, doing all this about three feet away from him and his pool of blood. She puts the bag over her shoulder. She leaves the jars off in that Kia. And where does she go? Back to Kyle's damn house. After she left, two customers come in, a man and a woman. The man sees that there's money on the floor behind the register and thought it was a little suspicious, so he decided to look around the rest of the store. He goes to the back and he sees the kitchen door open and DK's leg sticking out from behind the door. So he kind of peeked over and he leaves outside to go call 911. When he calls 911, he said it looks like there's blood and it looks like he's been robbed. And they ask if he's dead and he doesn't know. So he tells the girl, go back inside. Way to be a man out of it. How dare you? <laughs> like, why would you send a woman in over yourself? Like, hey, go check it out. Nigga, you go check it out. Anywho, I digress. She I looks. go check it out. <laughs> if you wanted to on your own curiosity, but like if if you were with your nigga, and y'all walk in, and I think the place has been robbed, and somebody died in the process. And he says, "Hey, go check and make yeah, sure they did." Whoever did the robbing could still be hiding. Could in the still back. be in there, okay? <laughs> so how dare you send me back into there? You go. Are you armed? <laughs> Jesus. So, anywho, she goes in, and, like, there's a video clip of her looking. She looks in the room, and she comes out with, like, her hands up. Like, you know, you know, and they raise their hand up. Like, they shot, like, that lady on the Nutty Professor. She's like, ooh, throws her hand in the air. She comes out like, Whew. She's like, he's dead. I know he's dead. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Definitely dead. They're like, they're calling the cops, and they're like, yeah, he, he's dead. When the police arrive, they are shocked to see, like, all the blood, all the duct tape. It doesn't feel like a, a typical robbery because he's not— tied up or anything he's you know like they didn't tie him up where's the money what's the code to the safe they just like went ahead and killed him it's not like this is a bank or a jewelry store it's it's the corner store which i don't know why people we want to rob the corner store it's literally not that much money there but they got lottery tickets i guess so they were like it doesn't make any sense you know it's just a corner store i mean why would somebody rob the corner store and then kill the man so when they arrive they find a blackberry like the phone next to dk's right arm and 
it's also kind of slid underneath the frying machine. So they assume that it's DK's phone. They don't really pay much attention to it. And they take DK's body in for autopsy to figure out like what in the world just happened. So there's blood all over him. They're not really sure what the cause of death is at the time. They're, they're pretty sure that there's DNA all over him. Get him, get him secured. Um, now, DK, he was an Indian-born, kind, hardworking man. He was only in the U.S. for less than two years. When he first got to the U.S., he lived in New Jersey, and then Chicago, and then Georgia, then Tennessee, and finally in Dalton, Georgia, where he had a job at the Cancun High Tech Fuel Express. One day, he went in as a patron, and the owner, who was also an Indian man, started talking to him, and they became really good friends, and the owner was like, hey, um... We need somebody to take the third shift. And DK was like, hey, I need some money, so let's make it happen. Um, Most people said that he was a really friendly clerk. You know, he smiled, joked. He was really helpful. He was not a very tall man. He was only about 5'4". They described him as being, like, docile in uh, stature. But he was a a really kind, sweet, loving person, somebody that people really enjoy being around with. After the medical examiner did the autopsy, he was able to conclude that the suffocation did not work and the cause of death was actually um, him bleeding out because of the two stab wounds to the side. The ME also said that DK had to have been alive for a few minutes after he was stabbed and then poorly suffocated. There was no DNA evidence on DK's body. Uh, Since the body uh, did not have any evidence that was useful, the police were on to the next thing. They were... At the store, they knew that they had security cameras and they were just waiting for the owner to get there to compile them and to send them to the police. Finally, I know I hear about plenty of cases where the cameras don't work. The cameras were working. They were functioning like they were supposed to. After they got the cameras, they were like, oh my goodness, the entire crime is caught on camera. It's literally right here. They saw the assailant run after DK, kill him, take his money, take lottery tickets, leave. They saw it all. But because of the disguise and the fact that the camera didn't point to the parking lot, they were basically at another dead end, just like the DNA, because they were like, okay, we see the person, we can't see their face, but we don't know which direction they went in. We don't know what car they got in and out of. And they just kept watching the tapes over and over and over again, trying to see if there was like a little spark of any type of clue. Back at Kyle's house, which didn't Kyle kick Sky out? Did Did Sky just not leave? That's what it's giving. Maybe he was like, you need to start looking for a place. Yeah. Like a gentle push. Yeah, I think it was more of a gentle push. So, But back at Kyle's house, Skye had gotten back, and she left all the stuff from this adventure she had just been on in the car when she went in the house. Kyle and Kyle's girlfriend were looking at her a little weird because they were like, you look like you've had a rough evening. Are you all right over there? She went about her evening even though they really didn't get anything and they were looking at her a little suspicious they didn't say anything too much but (laughs) a little suspicious (laughs) they the police actually decided to find to look into that phone that was next to dk they were like oh this is probably dk's phone they started looking through it they were like hold on there is not even one single indian person in here this is a black girl's phone this is not his phone like the selfies in here are not him The family in here is not his. What is happening? And they were like, look at this video. This this girl, whoever she is, it's Sky. She was rapping. She's dancing. She's do pop lock and dropping. She's partying. Like, who is this woman? 
So next thing you know, they have do you know this woman posters plastered everywhere. Like took a picture selfie from her phone. <laughs> do you know this woman? And they were like, we need to get in contact with her. We need to ask her questions. And so Sky didn't know anything about this until one day her mama and her brother were watching the news and they look and they see Sky's face on the news talking about some, do you know this woman? We want her for questioning. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Her mom immediately calls the news and tries to set everything straight. They were like, first of all, yeah, she's a rapper, but you talking about she's a gangsta thug rapper. She's not that. She's she's a sweet girl. She loves the Lord. I've raised my children with holiness. She said she's an artist. She's an honor roll student. That is not a killer. If you need to talk to her, then we can figure that out. Scott is, she said she is known for her spoken word. Okay. And she was out and about and she was posting flyers about an upcoming performance in Atlanta. And you try to make her out to be a monster and she is not. Okay. They're trying to hold her in that hit town. So she was still talking to the news. She's like, she wanted to make sure that the news knew that her daughter did not kill anyone. Okay. Soon after, someone from inside of Kyle's house, we don't know who, but someone from there called the police station saying that they know exactly who that woman on the news is that they're looking for. And I can tell you where she lived too. So the cops head on over to the address in Bartow County and they staked out the house for a few days and watched Sky go to and from the house driving this stolen green Kia Soul. So it's March 13th, 2014, around 4.30 p.m. and the U.S. Marshal and the Whitfield County Sheriff went to the address in Springmount Drive in Cartersville. So they arrive and Sky is booty butt ass naked trying to escape. They corner her, and she's standing at the top of the stairs, you know, still naked, telling the police, go ahead, shoot me. You got me. Just do it. So after a while of her just, you know, talking shit naked at the top of the stairs, they were able to get a hold of her, and they wrapped her in a flat sheet, cuffed her, and put her in the back of the police car. So they're driving to the jail, and she takes the cuffs off. I don't know how she does it. They're like... Dispatch, she take her cuff off. They're like, oh, you need to pull the car over and put them back on, right? They had her cuffed first with her hands in front of her. So now they're covering her with her hands behind her, and they put feet shackles on her, too. And it was like, Winnie went nowhere, and she had flight risk. She needs to calm down. So after they cuff her, they put her back in the car, and they keep heading towards the thing. And there's, like, this video, and she's like, so why y'all ain't kill me? Y'all should have just shot me. You shoot people? He's like, sometimes. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> She was like, why you ain't shoot me? You was going to use a taser on me or a real gun? He was like, ma'am, I wasn't there. I don't, I don't know the situation. She's like, all right. So, like, if you was to shoot me, you going to shoot me in the head? No. Well, why not? Because I'm, I'm not that type of person. Like, girl, calm down. So they get to the jail, and they have to, like, immediately put her in a jail. They immediately have to dress her out because she's fucking naked. They go to the interrogation room, and she sits alone for a while, and she is just being, like very weird (laughs) she's cuffed so she doesn't do anything stupid but and she like couldn't pick up the water to like take it to her mouth because she's like it's chained to her waist when she got got up and she starts cursing at the camera then she's like there's a desk in there she opening the drawers looking to see what's inside they can see her laughing they can see her talking it's just whatever so then two detectives come in it's a male and a female and they're like it was like you know is there a reason that you came down to georgia we see that you're from detroit you know and she's looking up she's checking out the lights looking in the sky at something almost like she's daydreaming and she's like 
nope. <laughs> and then the man asked, oh, what kind of shows do you have? Okay, what type of music? You singing or what? Like, it's very weird. Like, she's slow to answer. She's not focused on anything. Like, very, I'm not even here with y'all. Like, I'm trying, but I, just, I don't even want to be a part of this conversation. And it's, it doesn't come off, like, me watching it, it didn't come off as rude. It came off as she is touched. So they ask her, why did she do it? And she says something about a $500 week for life ticket, but she doesn't actually confess to killing DK. Cops are continuing with the investigation. They search the house and they find 80 500 a week for life tickets, keys to the Kia Soul, a pair of sunglasses that match the surveillance, a white hoodie. And then they go and search inside the Kia Soul and they find more $500 a week for life tickets, a pair of black boots with red duct tape on the bottom, latex gloves with red duct tape pieces on it, a black bag with red duct tape in it, a knife with duct tape on the handle, and an airsoft pistol painted black. They find Christopher's wallet in the car along with his MasterCard in Sky's wallet. And I, I doubt that Sky did not spend that MasterCard, so I feel like they should already know where she was at with that car. <laughs> so they sent everything for DNA testing. They waited for results, and when it came back, DK's blood was on the knife, the outside of the latex glove, and on the tape ring. Sky's DNA was found inside the latex gloves and on the handle of the knife. So now the police can place her at the store at the time of the murder. They have evidence and they have booked her with 11 different charges. So now the police can place her at the store at the time of the murder. They have evidence. So they're like, let's book her. They book her on 11 different charges from murder to assault to robbery to bringing stolen property across state lines like they they trumped it up against her she's held at the whitfield county jail until trial take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial bitch take that shit to trial are you a black woman with a business that you're trying to take to the next level well i'm sure that you have found out that the biggest thing is marketing and if you want your business to be featured on sisters who kill podcast send us an email at sisters who kill podcast at gmail.com so that you can have an ad space on our podcast get your next customer here because the killers like to support email us at sisters who kill podcast at gmail.com now let's get on with the show she was denied bond because she's considered a flight risk as we've seen from the very beginning and she has no ties to the dalton area sky appeared in court on april 27 2014 gotta get the pre-trial stuff going she knew that her judge was going to be judge jack Parton. During the pretrial hearings, they made her wear a shock belt, which is like a stun belt that they, you wear around your waist. It's almost like a shock collar. I mean, it's literally a shock collar that you would put on your dog. I mean, on your hips or around your waist. I mean, I don't think that's very humane. And at this time, she's already cut her hair off. So, you know, she had when she was initially rested, she had her hair dyed blonde and it was curly. It was a fro. It was cute. And now she got like a fade, like a high top fade. And the prosecutor, Bert Potson. I thought it was more of a mohawk. You thought it was a mohawk? Mm-hmm. It was giving bebop boys. For sure. Either way you put it. <laughs> She's too tall for that. <laughs> they asked the judge for a couple things. One, one of them was a psych eval because 
her family was arguing that, you know, mental health has run in her family, that she was not taking medicine, that there's weird behavior going on. She went and got a psych eval, and they said that she was fit to stand trial. Now, the prosecutor, Bert Poston, he began opening statements by telling the jury about the vicious way Sky slaughtered the clerk. He said that they were going to show, you know, we're going to show the jury evidence and videos of the entire crime, you know, the DNA, the evidence, the witness testimonies, and it is going to make sure that you, the jury, find her guilty on all 11 counts. And they were serious. They brought about like 28 witnesses and the defense brought two witnesses. In the defense, um, Carla Marable, her attorney, said, absolutely not. I am going to show and tell y'all what really happened. Sky was preyed on by Kyle and his little friend, Keisha. He said that they lured her into Atlanta because Kyle, who might they add, is a drug addict, a sex fiend. And he really liked to be around talented bisexual women. That he told Sky that he knew Gucci and Jeezy and Rick Ross and that he was going to help her live her dreams. And all she had to do was come and live with him. And she tells them that the night of the murder, Kyle and Keisha Jones, which Keisha Jones is a girl that is tall, skinny, and at least the white people say very much resemble Sky. She says that they're going to prove that A, she looks identical to Sky. She was set up. And Sky's DNA was not found on the murder weapon. And you can see, and because you cannot see her face on the surveillance camera, there is enough reasonable doubt here that you can't convict her. This was a mistake. My client was mistakenly identified. There's absolutely no way that Sky could have done it. Now, the prosecution, when they showed up, they were ready to play ball. They had the surveillance video. They also had the video of Sky when she was in the cop car talking all wild to the cop. After all this, the defense was like, mm, I don't know. The person in that video, Sky is six foot two. She is a tree to climb. And the woman in that video looks about, eh, I give five seven. Look at the angle of that video. The prosecution is like, it's just the camera angle. We put You put security cameras in the corner and the angle maybe gets you at a, at a warpy height. No, that's her. And they're going back and forth about that. I mean, the jury at this point, they are shocked. Then the prosecution brings out all the physical evidence they had. Listen, I mean, they had damn near 100 lottery tickets. And if you're asking, I know that you're going to ask. None of them were winners. They brought out the keys to the Kia Soul, the sunglasses, the hoodie, the latex gloves, the, 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 the black boots. I mean, the red duct tapes, all the things that you know that they had. It was like, we have, here we are. Here's our harvest. The prosecution had someone from the GBI crime lab come and he talked about how the DNA inside of the latex gloves matched skies. It was completely her, it was her skin cells. And her DNA also was inside of the Kia Soul. They found DK's blood on the knife on the outside of the latex glove and on the red duct tape. The defense responded and said that the DNA that was there was because of a communal evening at Kyle's house. So apparently, according to Sky's cousin Candace, Sky told one of their friends that she was going to dye their hair that night and you need gloves to dye hair. So that's why she had gloves on. Obviously. Clearly. They had one of the U.S. Marshals and multiple deputies from the Bartow County Sheriff's Office testify about 
how Sky was acting during her arrest. You know, homegirl was naked, like she was bucket naked, like Tazzy told y'all. They were like, she was saying raw off the wall things. Like she said, I saw it coming. Y'all got me. Y'all got me red handed. Like she was saying that to the police officers. And the prosecution wanted to show the jury this because they wanted them to know that here she is. She just confessed to a murder. Like it, it was indirectly, but you caught me red handed. What, like what else would we have caught me? You know what I'm saying? The defense said that what the prosecution was saying was not entirely true. She said that Sky was high at the time. She was on MDMA and she was too high and too out of it to be even be committing any type of crime. And also, she said that Sky had gotten into a little bit of trouble with some property damage charges that she had in the past. And that's why she was like, I saw y'all coming. I knew y'all were coming for me. I knew y'all caught me red handed. That's why she said that because she thought that they were talking about these charges that she had in the past for clearly fucking up somebody's property. So then the prosecution has Kyle testify. Now, Sky lived with Kyle, his girlfriend, Shelby, their daughter, and occasionally Keisha Jones would spend the night over. So Kyle testified that Sky was obsessed with funding her career, specifically by winning the $500 for life lottery. And she talked about it all the time while she lived with them. He told the jury about all the time Sky was drunk and acting weird. He told the jury about how Sky believed that she had won the lottery and how angry she got when Kyle had pointed out to her that she did not, in fact, win. He then goes on to say that she turned into a different person. She was just way more money-hungry than normal and was almost obsessed with it. The last thing Cal tells the jury is that the night before the murder, he walks by her room and sees her putting red duct tape on the bottom of black boots. He says, why are you doing it? And she responds, the less you know, the better. I'm going to go in there and ask how much is in the register. Cal's like, I thought it was weird, but it's Sky. She's fucking weird. You know, I'm never surprised or always surprised at what comes out of her mouth. So he just shrugs it off and keeps it pushing. He says the next night when she came home after the murder, he didn't know that she had killed anyone. He just thought that she bought a lot of lottery tickets. He didn't put it together until he saw the news later about the murder. And then he saw her picture on the news and was like, oh, shit, she done really, she done really did it now. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Let's just say I like to live life on the And to give my small business the same edge, I turn to IHG Hotels and Resorts. Just signing up for IHG Business Edge gave everyone at my company a chance at saving at over 5,800 hotels worldwide. And my registered travelers receive Silver Elite status after just one stay. So, either way, I keep my edge. Sign up now at businessedge.ihg.com. Terms apply. The defense says Cal's no innocent bystander. He's the whole reason that she was in Atlanta to begin with, and she did not do it. It was Keisha Jones and Cal's other friends. They kept telling the jury how they looked like identical twins. 
which is, I mean, don't push it. Now, while the defense was able to question the prosecution witness, again, they only brought two of their own. And that was Candace Patterson, who is Sky's cousin, and Dr. Samuel Perry, who is a psychologist. Candace Patterson testified for the defense that Kyle drove Sky in the cold in the stolen Kia from Detroit to Atlanta after he convinced her he could help further her music career. Candace said that as soon as Kyle and Sky became close, Sky started getting high on MDMA and becoming obsessed with money. She said that all Sky, Shelby, and Kyle did, and Keisha too, all they would do is rap, get high, play the lottery, and drink. And she said that Kyle wasn't furthering her career. He was hindering it. Candace said mm. that there was no way that Sky could have killed DK and that the police mistook her for Keisha, who's the real killer. Mm. During the whole trial, Sky was acting extremely weird. Um, you know, they tell you to, like, look a certain way while you're in the court. Sis is just happy to be here, okay? She's I like, mean, she oh, was giggling. Hey, cousin, <laughs> blowing kisses, waving. How's everybody doing? Waving, smiling. During one testimony, she laughed uncontrollably, like was not doing herself any favors with the jury at all. And it's just, she's so oblivious about it. Like, it doesn't seem malicious. It seems like she does not know what the fucking problem is. So the trial had been going on for a few days now, and it's now time for the defense to bring in Dr. Samuel Perry, a psychologist that did a mental health evaluation on Sky. Now, he con- he conducted two interviews with her, and he had her admitted to the Central State Hospital on November 12, 2014. He was like, I don't want her in jail because I want to view her in an environment that I can control. And this way, the interview will be more productive, less distractions, all that. So Dr. Perry conducted the interviews and observed her behaviors while the court was in recess up until March of 2015, because that's when she had her competency hearing. And at the hearing, Dr. Perry testified that there had never been a question pertaining to her competency because she's always been aware of the charges against her and the possible consequences. He told the court why he put her in a mental facility, and he testifies that, quote, Sky did not exhibit any active symptoms of psychosis or behavioral disturbance when he was when he was first when he first evaluated her or at any point during the hospitalization. So based on observations, she was diagnosed with having bipolar disorder and a possible personality disorder. And they were able to make that diagnosis based on multiple factors, but mainly due to her judgment and her impulses. However, Dr. Perry did make it clear that Skye did, in fact, understand the charges and the consequences, so she was competent enough to stand trial and be sent to prison, if that's what the jury decided. The trial continued with witnesses from the prosecution. One of them was an employee from the Kangaroo Gas Clerk. His name was Chris Palmer, and he was there to testify about Skye coming into the Kangaroo Gas Station on the day of the murder asking about how much money was in the register and if there was a save. They had a customer that went in the store during the murder and he said that he heard a woman and a man arguing and then go quiet. They had another customer take the stand that went into the store after Sky allegedly murdered DK to testify about how Sky came out of the room and told her that in the customer's to leave and she also did it in like a very bad indian accent like instead of just being like hey we're closing up shop early let's uh you guys need to go she just decided to do draw more attention to herself right right she just did it in a bad accent 
Then the prosecution brought up Christopher Sears. And I'm pretty sure Christopher Sears has been through some shit because of you, Sky Mims. I had to face my fiance and tell her I lost her car. I got a whole wedding to pay for it. Now I got a car to replace. And he testified about how the car was stolen. The defense questioned him because in his official report, he said that he thought that the person that stole his car was a man. And, you know, Sky is not a man. So because you thought that it was a man that stole your car, it couldn't have been Sky because Sky is clearly a woman. And he was like, but also the person had on a hoodie and I could tell that they were over six feet tall, you know, and they had a curly blonde hair like and Sky is light skinned. So it's not like so far off, at least in, in Sears eyes and Chris's eyes. Next, there was the detention center advisor, which said that when Sky was in the detention center, they had hella issues with Sky. They said while she was awaiting trial, she was going on hunger strikes. She was throwing feces around. She's been doing all types of stuff. Then the medical examiner, Dr. Golage, was there to tell the jury about DK's injuries. He said that after the initial injuries, which was the two stabbings, he would have still been alive for a period afterwards. He would have still been able to trying to move. But since the knife hit a major heart artery, he said it's uncertain to say that if the ambulance would have gotten there earlier, that he would have survived. I mean, but it is there to note that if the ambulance was there, they would have been able to put pressure on the wounds, try to stop the bleeding and at least try to get him to survive. The prosecutor showed the jury sky's tweets after the murder she tweeted she posted everywhere just one word knowledge they were trying to make it seem like this was just another night for sky and she showed absolutely no remorse back then or now or during the trial now during closing arguments the prosecution asked the jury to find sky the rapper from detroit who came to steal and murder guilty on all 11 counts i mean we have malice murder one two three four counts of four different counts of felony murder two counts of aggravated assault armed robbery burglary possessions of a knife during the commission of a felony theft by bringing stolen property in the state so you know a lot of charges here's why some of them are repetitive so according to georgia law each charge must contain at least one element that is not covered by the other two for example you cannot be found guilty of both burglary and trespassing because trespassing is included in burglary but armed robbery for example is not included in burglary and vice versa so that's how you can be charged with more than one thing even though they sound like very similar each different crime she committed before and after killing dk um so like the planning wanting to do it beating him, stabbing him, trying to attempting to suffocate him, uh breaking into the cash register. Each one of those is there's like some these felony murders like there's felony murder, armed robbery, felony murder, burglary, felony murder, aggravated assault. That's how Georgia is able to justify having all those counts. So all of those things each step gave her another charge. That's how she got all these separate charges. On May 1st, 2015, the trial ended and the jury only deliberated for 52 minutes and then came back with a verdict. Everyone was shocked at how quickly it came back and the defense was, in fact, pissed. The judge reads the verdict and Sky was found guilty on all 11 counts relating to the beating, stabbing death of the convenience store clerk, DJ Katahari, and those related to the stolen car of Christopher Sears' fiance. Sky's family cried and cried, but she didn't seem to be too phased by the verdict. Um, the sentencing phase was set for June 19, 2015, 
And, you know, we're in Georgia. We have the death penalty. So the media was questioning the prosecutor's office, asking if they were going to seek punishment. And they was like, you know what, due to the history of mental illness and all of that, we're not going to push the issue for the death penalty. We'll just be happy if she gets life in prison without parole. And that's exactly what the jury decided on. Then she got life without parole for felony murder. And the three felony murder charges she got were felony murder, aggravated assault, felony murder, armed robbery, and felony murder burglary. She got five years for aggravated assault. She got five years for armed robbery. She got five years for burglary. She got five years for, for possession of a knife during the commission of a felony. And 10 years for theft by bringing stolen property into the state. And brought her to a grand total of two life sentences plus 30 years. So, Sky was transported to the Pulaski State Prison, which is one of Georgia's second largest prisons for women in Hawkinsville, Georgia. And, of course, you know she had to go through with her appeals. So, Sky's first time filing for appeal was December 16th, citing that her trial counsel was ineffective. They denied her motion for a new trial, but she filed again in January of 2017, and this time they actually accepted it and put it on the Georgia Supreme Court's docket for 2018. During the appeal process, Sky's new counsel argued that her first trial counsel was ineffective for failing to pursue information about insanity or mental illness and and for not asking the court to not charge her for the stolen car since it's unrelated to the murder like that was a separate crime after deliberating for almost a year the georgia supreme court reversed sky's conviction due to ineffective counsel and they removed 10 years from her sentence so she was now down to only 10 counts two life terms in 20 years but yeah so she's at Pulaski state and you know the conditions there are not great and in t- January of this year, 2022, Senator John Ossoff asked the FBI to investigate the mounting gang violence and extortion at this pr- prison. Apparently, gang members have taken control of the prison and they extort the inmates and the inmates' family. And it has us about 1,250 women. Um, so their safety should be a priority, but it isn't. So, um, all right. That's the end of the show. All right, y'all. It's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. Um, I ain't do it, but if I did, I just don't think... I feel like you would have probably had better luck robbing a bank than winning the lottery and one just one specific scratch-off, not even all of them. Yeah. I think I would have took my chances with a bank. I don't know about that, but I... Mm, I think I would at least grab all the lottery options there. We're going to do all the scratch-off, the tic-tac told the batch five everything we're doing it all somebody's got to be a winner i ain't do it but if i did once i decided she waited outside for people to leave the store and then people came in the store after that once everybody left girl lock the door you know what you're about to do i didn't do it but if i did as soon as i got to dalton like y'all dalton is not where any type of music scene is at okay like and you're not even close to Atlanta. I mean, you need a you definitely need a car. And I would have come down here saw what the fuck uh Kyle was on if Kyle wasn't about that shit like he said he was. Because people in Atlanta, especially people outside of Atlanta that come to Atlanta, when they trying to big up Atlanta, they probably saw he probably saw Gucci at the club one time and now he and now he got something to brag about. Girl, if you saw he wasn't on that shit for your music career, you needed to be somewhere else. 
I would have went back home or I would have moved to Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't that expensive at the time. I didn't do it, but if I did, once you're in the gas station, look for camera. You bought spray paint. She walked there and there, and I feel like she looked at every single camera. They got her from all angles, just committing a crime and everything. There are blind spots. You supposedly scoping these places out. Just do better. Now, according to her mama and her cousin, they have their own theories about what happened because, you know, they, they shooting. They screaming free her. I'm going to post it. Mm, where am I posted? I'm posted on Twitter, and that's the only place I'm posting. I can post it everywhere else. Sisters who kill on Twitter. I ain't do it, but if I did, it's hard when you're going through like any type of mental struggle and you get hyperactive or manic on one thing. Because I'm sure that stealing that car and driving all the way to Georgia with nothing was just a manic move. Feels like it. Sounds like it. And it's just like go back home. Mental health matters. It really does. And I also want to feel like, like, what was... Because her, her mom and them talking about that mental health, like, runs in their family. And they tried. I guess, what do you do as a family member to help support them when they're... She grown, you can't really hold her down. It's a hard place to be. Because even if she would have just ran away and left no contact, the police would be like, you telling me there's a history of mental illness, but at the end of the day, they're an adult and they can make their own decisions. And it's like, ah, but they can't. Parole or no parole. <sighs> She needs to be in a mental facility. That's what I was thinking. I definitely think they should have pushed harder on on trying to get her an insanity plea. Especially, everybody was saying that she was obsessing over these uh, lottery tickets. And the obsession was clearly real. If we know that Sean worked at the Detroit lottery, she comes down and she robbed. It's seemingly that her motive is the lottery. It seems like she has these hyper fixations on stuff and we're not mental health professionals, so I'm not going to diagnose her with nothing. But it it's giving that there was something deeper that needed to be analyzed by a professional. All right. It's time. Let's read some reviews. I'm, I have one that's like a, uh, it's on our Facebook and I said I was going to go and do it i'm I'm gonna read that one i screenshotted to you this morning all right this one says love this thank you so fun to hear black voices on a podcast sister who kill is my new favorite pod i'm 73 white and so happy to hear you all (laughs) thank you so happy to have you here with us thank you this one says I don't want to use her real name because I'm, I'm taking it off Facebook. This is from KK. KK said, so I'm sure I'm late, but the logo is hella dope. I'm absolutely loving everything about your podcast, especially the take that shit to trial, bitch. Fucking hilarious. Mara random ass singing does it for me, too. I find myself talking out loud like, "Ooh, bitch, no. Anyways, you two are dope. Taz with the side comments. Keep it coming. <laughs> Can't even help it. All right, that's the end of the show. Ooh, that's the end of the show. Aren't you excited? I estimate it will be done by 2, and it is 1.52. So if you want to keep up with us, if you want to have an ad space on our show, you can email us at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to tweet us, we're on Twitter. That's the only place I'm posting the other thing. Sisters Who Kill. If you want to, what else? How else do they get in contact with us? You can follow us on Instagram, see pictures and stuff. Sisters Who Kill Pod. Follow us on TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast. And you can join the discussion group where you can talk about all this shit with some friends who love you. But you must answer the discussion group to get in because we don't let everybody in the circle. It's a bad bitch genre. Um, (laughs) Anything else, friend? If you have questions for me about anything, I guess, um, whatever's on your heart, you can email me at tazzytalks at gmail.com. We'll be dipping into those uh, soon enough. In the coming months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my last announcement. 
Anything else, friend? Ha, stole your moment. Talk to us. With t- <laughs> huh? <laughs> I said, stole your moment. Good All right. Other than that, talk to us. We talk back. Bye.